Hey guys, Sky here. Uh, you know the drill. When I'm here before the intro of the episode, that means something probably went off with the audio. Uh, we just had uh, a few audio issues this week I wanted to warn you about. Um, Try to fix it up as best, best I could, but the mix might still be a little a little off. So I just want to give you a heads up if you're like, why? Wow, it doesn't sound as good as it usually does. So um, that's it. Enjoy the episode. Bye. It's like cats gone bad. <laughs> gone wild. <laughs> cats gone wild. I'm not huh. oh, no. I'm not clicking anything else on this but <laughs> <laughs> wow Welcome to We Should Know Better the podcast where we hitchhike across the uh, across Wikipedia like a bunch of little fact toppers I very nearly said Hitchhike Across the Gal- Galaxy there, but that's a whole different that's a whole different <laughs> franchise. Oh man. I'm your host Kyle, and with me as always uh are my co-hosts. I'm Sky and I'm Tim. And I'm rushed today because I did not have time to come up with something fun and interesting to introduce you as. Uh. So, I'm I'm sorry. Next time, I promise. Um this this after holiday time is always like the worst time. So uh, it, every just everything happens all at once. And I have uh, I had a nephew's birthday party today that I went to, which was very cute. Uh, but my my nephews wanted me to um, near the beginning of it, while everything was just chaos, as as is wont at a, a you know a toddler's birthday party. Um, they wanted to they wanted me to play Smash Brothers Brothers with them. Uh, and yeah yeah and it was fun because i kept playing uh oh i play we fit trainer because she's amazing she's the best uh and i play zelda and i play uh all these uh female characters and it it just blows their mind they're like you keep picking these girls i'm like yeah and i keep beating you uh (laughs) wow it's weird weird Weird. how that works yeah uh But um no we we had a good time though. Uh but anyway, anyway. Uh one of my uh one of my family members had never seen this game before and it was blowing his mind that uh that Sonic was in this game with Mario and he's like, "What? When did this happen?" Anyway, <laughs> we're nerds. It's okay. It's cool. And uh you know, the people in our audience are nerds too. Uh and so so I have a game for you guys tonight uh that is suggested by um friend of the show James. Uh it's not as uh catchy as friend of the show Joe, but you know. Uh we're going to start with um What what do we call him friend of the games James? Oh good. That's better. Yeah. That's better. Thank you, Tim. I appreciate that. Um so today I'm going to, before we get started, I'm just, we're going to play the, uh, the opening game before we even, before I even tell you what the pages are, because it's necessary because the opening page is a great, uh, it's a great page and I'm going to tell you what the title is and our opening game is going to be, uh, you telling me what your best guess as to what this thing is. Okay. So the, uh, the 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 page that we're going to be starting on is the page for uh and I'm doing my best guess pronouncing this but the poto or potu is how I how I'm guessing this is pronounced uh it is spelled p o t o o and you guys get to give each of you give a guess as to what that is and uh the one that's closest or the one that's funniest as judged by me will get to go first tonight okay hmm. I mean, it sounds like a gummy sub- substance that's made mm-hmm. from pounding um, the leaves of some, like, South African plant. Um, okay. And it causes hallucinations. Wow. That's Whoa. very specific. Yep. All right, Tim? Um, I'd say it's it's the, the stage name of the techno... Um, <laughs> performance artist who is an ancestor of or a descendant sorry of uh, edgar Allan poe wow kind of like how moby is a descendant of herman melville is that true that yes it is true. that is true that's not you're it lying. is completely true i'm looking this up right 
Moby and Herman. Oh my gosh. Yep. Told you. I'm upset about this. His his real name is Richard Melville Hall. You are lying to me. <laughs> nope. Uh, well, for the sheer fact that Tim used actual facts. Oh, <laughs> uh, even though they are terrible. Uh, Tim wins tonight. Um, we are, uh, and I'm going to tell you uh, that we're going from the Potu to the Millennium Falcon tonight. And uh, it is. Oh my a- God. <laughs> because this is a, this is a sincere joke that we'll get to eventually. Uh, it is, it is a wonderful little bird uh, that you guys will probably love. It's, it's so silly. If you've seen video of it, it's very good. Anyway, uh, the opening page, P-O-T-O-O, the POTU, is a, uh, it's a, it's a kind of bird related to night jars or frog mouths. Uh, and they have very distinctive calls. They kind of sound like ghosts. Ooh. No. Yeah, they're very spooky. Um, Anyway, yeah, if you've ever seen video of them, let me see. I thought I had found one earlier. Yeah, these are the birds with the with the very wide mouths. Frog, well, frog mouths are mm-hmm. yes, uh, and they they look terrifying when they open their mouths. Um, but it, it basically their entire face just like hinges open. All right, I'm going to send you. Yeah, this is the one I found. Uh, I found a uh, a YouTube video here called uh, Great Potu Call, and I, I will leave it to you to decide whether or not it is great. And it is, it is very haunting, at least. But they basically sound like angry little ghosts is what, what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. So, What other uh, kinds of ghosts are there? I mean, large pacifist ghosts, I guess? I don't, I don't think a lot about ghosts. Hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah, uh, frog mouths, uh, those are one, they are great for memes. They're, they're perfect meme uh, ghosts. Yep, they're meme ghosts. Ah, you guys got me, uh, messing up all over the place tonight. They're, they're very good meme birds because they constantly look very surprised anytime they open their mouths. Uh, so you'll get a lot of O'Reilly style memes out of them. Mm -hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, they are, they are, uh, they're related to night jars and frog mouths. Uh, they, um, they hunt, uh, they're nocturnal hunters. And one of the things that I like about them specifically, as it mentions here, during the day, they perch upright on tree stumps, camouflaged to look like part of the stump. Like they just, they just, you know, they just want to be part of they a go, stump. They go stumping. Yeah, yeah, basically. They're very into politics. Oh, wow. Good, good, good. Um, and then they, and then right at the top here, they're mentioning about their, uh, their nesting habits, I suppose. Uh, the only sentence that I found out here at the top, a, the single spotted egg is laid directly on the top of a stump. Just, just right out there. It's just, you know. It's like, come get this. <laughs> we dare you. Can you can you summit this stump? Get past like, the spooky ghosts. <laughs> can you conquer Mount Potu? Potu. Um. <laughs> yeah. The yeah, plumage they, of nesting Potus is white, and once they are too large to hide under their parents, they adopt the same freeze position as their parents, resembling clumps of fungus. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. They apparently they're very good at camouflage. There is a picture down here, a little farther down, of a what it states is just a common patu, uh camouflaged as a stump, and it's it's solid. I have a hard time at a glance just telling where the stump ends and the and the bird begins. Hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's very good. Um, okay. Yeah, but they. Uh, they're they're just they're fun birds. I I uh let's see. I thought I saw something about the Oh yeah. Uh they they mob uh when they uh if they're attacking or if there's something is defending or something is attacking their nest, <laughs> which 
Yeah, I. You know what? They kind of leave their egg like right out in the open. So I don't know if they're asking for this or what, but uh, they basically get just a whole bunch of these angry little ghost birds uh, just swarm as soon as something shows up anywhere near. Hmm. Uh, so it, it sounds like um, have you guys ever have you guys ever spooked a uh, a purple martin nest before? No. Really? No. You, you make it sound like people do it all the time. I I must have done it like four times as a as a little kid by accident. Did, like your friends on the weekends, like, hey, you want to go spook a purple martin nest? <laughs> well, no, but purple martins they're they're very resourceful birds, and they build their nests basically anywhere they can find. Uh, like they build nests in mailboxes all the time around mm-hmm. here, and basically, if you get anywhere near it, like if a purple martin builds a nest in your mailbox, you just can't use your mailbox for about a month. Like it's, they, they get very aggressive and they will call their buddies as soon as someone gets near and like, Hey, Hey, you know, like, and you, you can get within like 10 feet of it. And as soon as you do, there's just like these tiny birds just dive bombing you. Sounds cute. It's terrifying, (laughs) but also effective. Kept me away from their nests. It was okay. not a danger, but even so. So so we're trying to go to Millennium Falcon, right? Correct. Another okay. large bird of prey. Uh, That's what I, it is, right? How That's I get to is. Star Wars from here? It's crazy. <laughs> um I am I'm I'm kind of uh interested in Crypsis. Okay. It says their plumage is cryptic, helping them blend into the branches in which they spend their days. Nice, nice. I'm going to go there. Oh, no. I think Sky was going to go there. Sorry. I'm going to go to Cryptic Species. Oh, oh man. Dang. Cryptic Species Complex? We're having, a, we're having a drag race. Yeah, I don't see a problem with it. I feel like you'll probably divert very quick, fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Um, all right. So, well, you picked very fast. So, Tim... Is also you're going to Crypsis? Crypsis. C R Y P Sis. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, yep. yeah. So in ecology, Crypsis is the ability of an animal to avoid observation or detection by other animals. It may be a predation strategy or an anti predator adaptation. Methods include camouflage, nocturnality, a subterranean lifestyle, and mimicry. Um I've read subterranean, but <laughs> but in my mind I I was thinking suburban. Oh no. And I'm like, yeah, a lot of people do adopt a suburban lifestyle. It's true. In in the belief that they would get them away from predators. You just see these little birds just walking mm-hmm. around with like messenger bags and like with a little Starbucks in their wing, like mm-hmm. uh, it's strong. Like, evol- I'm a human. <laughs> How about that football game? <laughs> uh, there's a strong evolutionary pressure for animals to blend into their environment or conceal their shape, for prey animals to avoid predators, and for predators to be able to avoid detection by prey. It just goes back and forth like that all the time. Basically, Exceptions yeah. include large herbivores who don't give a crap, <laughs> um, brilliantly colored birds that rely on flight <laughs> to escape predators, and venomous or otherwise powerfully armed animals with warning coloration. Wait, powerfully armed animals? Is specifically their arms are very powerful. Is that what that says? Venomous or otherwise powerfully armed animals. Like they got they got guns. <laughs> I Okay. As I'm as I'm reading this, I'm realizing that they mean like it's armed as in we have weapons. Yeah. Not as in we're real swole. Not like <laughs> like Uh see like, here. Like spiders with giant muscles is what I'm what I'm picturing there. Cryptic animals include the tawny frogmouth, uh, feather patterning resembling bark. The the tuatara hides in burrows all day and is nocturnal. Some jellyfish transparent. <laughs> the leafy sea dragon and the flounder covers itself in sediment. I mean, so you can be cryptic by having visual camouflage by being nocturnal. By living uh, underground, uh, you can mimic things. Uh, this also applies to eggs. 
Um, let's see here. I'm trying to find things that have to do with space. Yeah, well, I mean, we already know that um, <laughs> they have cephalopods here. Those are those are aliens. <laughs> Tiger moth species appear to cluster into two distinct groups. One type produces sounds as acoustic aposmatism, uh, a warning warning the bats that the moths are unpalatable. What? Yeah, basically they're just making sounds that are like, hey, we are gross. <laughs> and they're another type gross. that uses another type that uses sonar jamming. Oh my gosh. Um, I wish that was linked. I it's do not. Too. Oh man, that sounds um, amazing though. Mm-hmm. I was hoping there might be like stealth or something in here. Uh, it says there's not. often a self-perpetuating co-evolution or evolutionary arms race between the perceptive abilities of animals attempting to detect a cryptic animal and the cryptic characteristics of the hiding species. Um, oh, man. Oh, yeah, they reference biotelemetry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> cryptic animals tend to be overlooked in studies of biodiversity and ecological risk, risk assessment. Well, that's, that's a little bit ironic. Like, oh, um, yeah, we didn't notice all those animals hiding out there. Zoologists need special methods to study cryptic animals, including biotelemetry techniques such as radio tracking, mark and recapture, and enclosures or exclosures. Um, I'm going to click on radio tracking. Oh, my gosh. This is going to be a great page, Tim. I can feel it. Oh, my gosh. It's two <laughs> sentences. <laughs> uh, three. It is. No, four. It's four sentences. I'm sticking there. All right, Sky. Uh, species complex, real quick. That's where that's where this took me. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it's a it's a, when a group of closely related species that are very similar in appearance to the point that the boundaries between them are often unclear. Mm. So terms sometimes used synonymously, but with more precise meanings, are cryptic species for two or more species hidden under one species name, sibling species for two cryptic species that are each each other's closest relative and species flock for a group of closely related species living in the same habitat so it's like eh, these butterflies are pretty close but they're kind of different so i guess <laughs> they have a the complex they don't they know have who a they are about it yeah oh um poor, poor little butterflies yeah so there's stuff like about evolution and stuff on here um yeah. What I think I'm going to click on, I'm just kind of making a, I, I don't, I don't really have too much to say about this, sure. this page. Uh, I think I'm just going to click on DNA. Oh, check out all these cute salamanders. Oh, there's a <laughs> bunch of cute salamanders on this cute. page. They're very cute. I like salamanders, you guys. I'm sorry. They're, Good. they're cute little animals. Yeah. They're basically sponges. Like they don't, their skin, they, a lot of them like, like they'll breathe or otherwise come into contact through with things just through their skin rather than just like touching things and having oh man they're, they're great little animals mm -hmm. All right. mm -hmm. sorry i'm sorry i got distracted by salamanders you are going to dna yep <laughs> all right um let's see the building blocks of life oh man this is gonna be good all right tim i'm gonna tracking read transmitter uh, you want to read us the entire page yes Okay, do it. Tracking transmitter from Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia. <laughs> a tracking transmitter broadcasts a radio signal which can be detected by a directional antenna, typically a radio direction finder. By rotating the antenna, one can determine the direction the signal lies in and, of course, whatever it may be attached to. Uh, <laughs> I like how it says, of course. Like, of course. Like, are you, trying, are you trying to get, like, a minimum word count? Because you failed. <laughs> Um, the EPIRB is an example of a similar device. It is commonly used in model rocketry and remote control aircraft to locate lost equipment. Well, uh, I mean, that only works as long as it's still connected to whatever it was originally attached to. Yes. Um, so if you, like, cut off your arm and the radio transmitter is attached to the arm. Good, yes, that. Hey, Steven. And then, the zombies won't, then the zombies won't know where you are. This guy says hello. And they get a free arm. Steven waved. He also brought me some tea. Thank you. Nice. I'm clicking on radio. Hooray, radio. <clears throat> All right. Uh, do, do, do. Radio signal. There we go. 
All right, Sky. Nuclide acid sequence is what that took me to. Uh, there's a lot of DNA on that page. I'm actually at DNA. The one that I clicked oh, sorry. on is wiki slash DNA. Got it. Yep. There's a lot of DNA on that page. There's a lot there's of a lot DNA of, on that page. There's a lot of DNA everywhere. Um, so we know DNA, you know it, the double helix, <laughs> you know, cool. it. you love it. Everyone's got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you guys think a holiday junction is? It's a segment of a single strand in each helix. Um, or it's, it's, it's in which, okay, wait, a series of steps catalyzed in part by the recombinize that then leads to joining of the two helices by at least one holiday junction. Mm. That's cool. It kind of makes like a little like X of DNA. It makes it it sound like it's going on vacation. Exactly. It's like, I'm Mm. getting out of here. I'm going to replicate somewhere down south. (laughs) <laughs> just piecing out for right now how does one get to cryptids from this page how indeed mm. gene finding yeah human yeah. genome project Ooh, my favorite band nice Data science machine learning database theory so yeah I, is... I want to get from the science to the pseudo not even science Right, the, to the not real science. To the not real science. Yeah, that's why we come to the science Evolutionary page, the biology? Maybe? Oh, let's see. Would get me Maybe a step closer to that? Hmm. I feel like that's sort of adjacent to where you want to go. I'm close. Yeah. It's either <laughs> that or like the Human Genome Project or mutations, maybe? Hmm. Mutation. Ooh. I'll click on mutation because that sounds like a more fun page, too. Ah, fair point. We'll see. It might just still be science. It's still science. It's still science. Mutation.wikipedia. All right. Or slash mutation. All right. Let's talk about radios. Yep. Uh, There's a lot on this page about radios, so I'm just going to... I'm going to dip around. Um. I saw this, uh, high power is useful in penetrating buildings, diffracting around hills, and refracting in the dense atmosphere near the horizon for some distance beyond the horizon. So they're talking about one-ray radio, like, um, radio broadcasts. Oh, okay. Uh, consequently, 100,000 watt FM stations can regularly be heard up to 100 miles away, and farther, Mm. 150 miles if there are no competing signals. Apparently, um... Uh, you have a 50,000 watt license nowadays. So these are the clear channel stations, not to be confused with clear channel communications. Oh, okay. Uh, so if you have a radio station, you have this 500 or this 50,000 watt license. And that's what you can broadcast at. However, there are some grandfathered stations that do not conform to these power rules. Uh, WBCT-FM in Grand Rapids, Michigan, 93.7. Oh, man. WBCT-FM. I don't know what it plays. Uh, runs 320,000 watts and can increase to 500,000 watts by the terms of its original license. Now, such a huge power level does not usually help to increase range as much as one might expect because VHF frequencies travel in nearly straight lines over the horizon and off into space. So it's just firing <laughs> off radio waves into space. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't find out much about them, but I did find their logo here, and <laughs> it's, it's exactly what you were hoping it was. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the logo for WBCT-FM. It is a small B in sunglasses. Oh, good lord. Doing the peace yep. sign. Oh, is no. it? Yeah, no, he's like... he, no, he's doing he's doing double guns. Yeah, just... finger guns. Oh, because yeah. that's his thumb on the <laughs> left. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's hard to tell. Uh... Oh, okay. Uh, the, the station has had a country music radio format since oh, acor- according to Wikipedia, since July twenty fourth, specifically that day in nineteen ninety two. Everyone remembers where they were July 24th. I'm sorry, July 24th in 1992 when WBCT-FM switched over to their radio format. 
or their country music format. Let's see. Uh, government, police, fire, and commercial voice services use narrowband FM on special frequencies. Early police radios used AM receivers to receive one-way dispatches. Civil and military high-frequency voice services use shortwave radio to contact ships at sea, aircraft, and isolated settlements. Most use single sideband voice, SSB, Super Smash Brothers, which uses less bandwidth than AM. On an AM radio, SSB sounds like ducks quacking or the adults in a Charlie Brown cartoon. Wait, what? That's what it says. Well, we can't deny it. It's on, it's on Wikipedia. It must mm-hmm. be true. Um, oh, man. Should I go into Charlie Brown? Oh. Is Charlie Brown going to get me closer to Star Wars? Is that linked? That can't be. It is linked. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding. Look at that. Now, see, you know what else is linked on here? BBC. Somehow Ducks is not linked. BBC Radio. Oh, so it is. And I'm tempted to go BBC Radio, Mm. but we've already done that route before. Fair, fair. With with a Star Wars in mind. Um, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try Charlie Brown. All right, Charlie Brown. Mutations. That's a great picture of Charlie Brown. All right. Try mutations. You know, you know, um, like DNA, except messed up. Mm-hmm. Biology. Mutation is a permanent alteration of the nucleotide, sent- nucleotide sequence of the genome of an organism, virus, or extra chromosial DNA or other mm-hmm. um, genetic elements. You just extra chromosy your way over here? Yeah. You know, just-, <laughs> just do it. Um. Yeah, this is a big page. It's a lot of science. Mm-hmm. I am clicking on apes. <laughs> apes. Apes. I, I am very glad that both of you are just kind of like hopping straight through these these heavy pages like this. They are very <laughs> heavy, and we are oh. not very close. <laughs> so <laughs> we need Sorry. to get a move on. No, it's not your fault. <laughs> the only All the right. only person whose fault it isn't is yours. <laughs> All right, Tim. Let's talk about Charlie Brown. Uh, Charlie Brown is uh, the central protagonist of the long-running comic strip Peanuts, syndicated in daily and Sunday newspapers in numerous countries all over the world, depicted as a quote-unquote lovable loser. Blah blah blah. Um, Lee Mendelson, producer of the majority of the Peanuts television specials, has said of Charlie Brown that, quote, he was and is the ultimate survivor in overcoming bulliness, Lucy or otherwise. I would actually pay to see a, like, a dystopian future where he is the ultimate survivor, Mm -hmm. just in general, like, Hunger Games-ish, like that, I would actually want to see, I mean, I'm all, I'm all done with dystopian, uh, type stuff in 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 media generally but i'd be all right with this one i see it see him tied to the front of a car oh man (laughs) (laughs) Uh, let's see here um charlie brown and his dog snoopy reached new heights on may 18th 1969 when they became the names of the command module and lunar module respectively for apollo 10 oh wow well not included in the official mission logo Charlie Brown and Snoopy became semi-official mascots for the mission. Charles Schultz drew an original picture of Charlie Brown in a spacesuit. This drawing was hidden aboard the craft to be found by the astronauts once they were in orbit. Wow. (laughs) Its current location is on display at the Kennedy Space Center. (laughs) I was really hoping to say its current location location is unknown. unknown. (laughs) Yeah, they never found it. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, well, it's like all those moon rocks that we've just lost. Mm Mm-hmm. They're like Ted. We didn't put we didn't put a picture. No, we didn't put that drawing up there. He's like, don't what tell are you them. Talking about? That'll keep them yeah. busy. They'll lose their minds <laughs> up there. So boring in space. Just keep them very busy up there. Uh, so there's the personality section, which goes into an in-depth analysis oh of Charlie gosh. Brown's personality, with subheadings including the football kicking theme, Charlie Brown's baseball team, Charlie oh Brown's gosh. involvements with the love. Charlie Brown's kite flying skills. <laughs> and then birthday and age. Um, so, wait a minute. And then interactions with each other Peanuts character. Oh what? my gosh. Do you need to go this far? Including interactions with Shermie and Peggy Jean. <laughs> you know Peggy Jean, right? I, I don't know who Peggy Jean is. Who is that? Let's see. Uh, Char- oh, oh, 
What? Charlie Brown had notably a surprisingly successful romantic relationship with Peggy Jean. Although this eventually broke up, this eventually broke up with him when he realized that she already had a boyfriend. What? That's, uh, what? I wouldn't call that a success by any measure. No. Although I guess by comparison to his other... Oh, man. This is... A lot of these go into, like, very in-depth levels. Paragraphs. The one with Schroeder is three paragraphs long. And it's very, like... I... I don't... I don't want to think about this. (laughs) Uh, So I am going to... Um... Man, just all these specials and their names. He He's a bully, Charlie Brown. <laughs> which beat a Madonna concert special with its 10 million, million views. Oh my gosh. Um, as of 2016, the latest of Charlie Brown's original television appearances is Happiness is a Warm Blanket, Charlie Brown. Which came out on October 1st, 2011. Uh, where did it go? There it is. In 1960, the now popular line of Charlie Brown greeting cards was introduced by Hallmark Cards. I'm going to Hallmark Cards on a hunch. That's great. Um, Did you know that there have been 30 different people that voiced Charlie Brown? I mean, once you do, like you... (laughs) They... I... This is a thing that I discovered when I went down to the bottom of this page, and there are 30 different people that they list who have voiced Charlie Brown in their individual years as to which years they voiced him for, for various Dang. reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't understand why. And here's the best part of this is that only like five of them have Wikipedia pages, which feels very fitting for someone who's voicing Charlie Brown. Like... Are you are you significant enough to for Wikipedia that like if you that, already have a Wikipedia page, we don't want you. Right, right. Like it, that you're not allowed to at that point. All right, all right. You went to Hallmark cards. Hallmark cards. Yes. Is. All right. Let's go to eight. I'm at eight. There's no Bigfoot on this page. A, yeah, I, I thought that might be where you were going. It's a branch of old world tailless anthropoid primates native to Africa and Southeast Asia. They're the sister group of the old world monkeys. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the big apes, like they're, you've got like, you've got the gibbon, the chimpanzee, mm-hmm. the gorilla, the orangutan, the human. <laughs> yes. Uh, these yeah. are all the classics. These, all are, the all classic the, apes. these are all the apes. You know the the big hits. <laughs> a series of images showing a gorilla utilizing a small tree trunk as a tool to maintain balance as she fished for aquatic herbs. Mm. It's pretty advanced stuff. Have you seen the video of a small monkey trying to teach a human how to use rocks to like split open a piece of fruit? No, that sounds it's adorable. adorable. It's very cute. The yep. the monkey gets so frustrated that the human does not like immediately figure this out. Like. How are you, you know, how are you, uh, I, you know, I, I don't even have opposable thumbs and I can, I can do this. Yeah. That's pretty great. It's good. The, the distinction from monkeys, do you guys know? It's pretty. Is it the, it's not the tail, is it? Like that's it is. Right. Yeah. Is it really? possess a tail unlike most monkeys. Wow. Monkeys are usually in trees because they got tails to use. I mean, great apes makes sense. are usually on the ground. But they're more intelligent than monkeys. <laughs> Is yep. the tail the reason? Like, like the you don't the have to be smart if you can hang to... out in trees and swing I around. Mean... Like you just can get away. Yeah, if you're on the ground. You're like, dang, I better, <laughs> I better learn <laughs> some stuff. Better develop some tools. <laughs> yeah, better develop some tools and some brain power. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna click on primates. It's not the best, but it's what I'm doing. Sure. Okay. All right, Tim, let's follow your hunch. Hallmark Cards is a private family-owned American company. Is is the is it a name Hallmark? It, oh, Hallmark. Oh, Sorry. look it is. No, it is. Uh founded in 1910 by Joyce Hall. But Unless that means Joyce has a mark. I mean, I 
the Marco you know what? Hall. I suppose. Yeah, it's the largest manufacturer the... of greeting cards in the United States. The Mark of Hall, the um, conveyor of emotions and platitudes. <laughs> the uh, elder, 1920- the the elder one of 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 uh, of belated birthday greetings, of pithy sayings and and um, scribbly drawings of of old ladies on cards. Yep. Uh, in 1928, the company introduced the brand name Hallmark after the hallmark symbol used by goldsmiths in London in the 14th century. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So the the actual name isn't quite related to, I mean, isn't directly related to, but it was inspired by, yeah. Which is probably why it is embossed in gold on cards. Mm -hmm. That makes sense now. In addition to greeting cards, Hallmark also manufactures such products as party goods, gift wrap, and stationery. They acquired Binney & Smith in 1987 and later changed its name to what? To, wait, what? Uh, Binny and Smith is known for a specific product and a specific brand name that it is now called named after. Uh, it has to do with colors. Crayola. Yes. Yeah, are you serious? Yes. The later change is named to Crayola after its well-known Crayola brand of crayons, <laughs> markers, and colored pencils. Hallmark has also had a long foray in the television business, <laughs> having produced the long-running Hallmark Hall of Fame series since 1951 and launching the Hallmark Channel 50 years later. Oh, man. <sighs> man, Christmas time in my parents' house, the Hallmark Channel is on, like, 10 hours a day. Wait, you guys actually watch it? They watch it. Oh, yeah. it's amazing. My father every, loves them. Every you movie is the kids. same. Yeah. Especially the Christmas ones. They have an inn. There's a, you. There's a lady. <laughs> she has a boyfriend, but the boyfriend is mean. Uh huh. He's okay at the beginning, and then for some reason, when she meets a cuter man, yes, who a cuter a, man who owns an inn, suddenly the boyfriend shows up and is like, "Hey, you're my girlfriend," and she's like, "This mm. guy's a jerk," <laughs> and they split ways, and then. In man helps her and comforts mm-hmm. her, and they live happily ever after. So and sometimes Santa's there. Or <laughs> I was an going angel. to ask about that. Or an angel. Oh, or an angel. Not together though. Not the same time. Or Ray Ramon's mom. Whoa! Wait, what? <laughs> oh, right. Oh, she's in so many of those. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh my I'm gosh. What's her? What's either... the actress's name? Um, Doris. Doris something. Um. This is why I love you guys. That this is a Doris Roberts. Guys, Doris oh Roberts is her name. Um, rest <laughs> in peace. Uh, uh, so oh, things things that Hallmark owns <laughs> include Crayola, sure, Dayspring greeting cards, the world's uh-huh. largest Christian greeting card company. Good, good. Uh, Hallmark business expressions, a business to business subsidiary of Hallmark cards. So, like what business to business cards? <laughs> Yeah, business to business cards like, uh, congrats on your new merger. Mm-hmm. Or, the the <laughs> aforementioned sorry. Hallmark Channel. I'm sorry that you're, that this golden parachute is not large enough. <laughs> uh, Hallmark Business Connections, incentives, reward programs, recognition programs, and online gift certificates. Halls, an upscale department store at Kansas City's Crown Center. It's just called Halls? Yep, Halls. Great. Like, it makes me think of, like, the throat lozenges. Mm-hmm. Um, a video on demand service called Feelin, F-E-E-L-N. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it says. Yep. Primary the streaming primary. provider of the Hallmark Hall of Fame Library of Films. Oh, wow. Rainbow Along Bright. With, no, hold on, hold on. Along with a curated collection of Hollywood features, TV series, and original productions. That mm-hmm. means that someone there is like, no, this is good. This this fits the Feelin brand. Yep. Feelin. Uh, Rainbow Bright, uh, which was a doll line. Uh, Shirt Tales, a franchise of cards featuring animals with shirts that read different messages. (laughs) Okay. And then Zoobly Zoo, which I actually have seen episodes of as a kid. A 1986 TV show centered around a zoo populated by animals with artistic tastes. Um, It was live action. Oh, of course it was. It was terrifying. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you clicked on that, didn't you? 
I I did, and I'm just gonna. It's oh, like okay. cats gone bad. <laughs> gone wild. <laughs> cats gone wild. I'm not. <laughs> oh no. I'm not clicking anything else on this, but. <laughs> wow. <laughs> there were 65 episodes, some of which are called. <laughs> These cats are Look going at- wild on spring break. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh wow. Cats uh, go wild. Venice Beach. Neil. <laughs> Neil Armstrong sued Hallmark Cards in 1994 after they used his name and recording of his quote as "one small step for a man, one giant leap for mankind" in a Christmas ornament without permission. Lawsuit mm-hmm. was settled out of court. Um. With the money Arms Armstrong received donated to Purdue University. On September September 6, 2007, Paris Hilton filed an injunction lawsuit against Hallmark Cards uh, titled Hilton vs. Hallmark Cards, which sounds like um, a Hallmark Channel movie, uh, at, over the unlawful use of her picture and the catchphrase, that's hot, on a greeting card. <laughs> the card is titled Paris's First Day as a Waitress, with a photograph of Hilton's face and a cartoon of a waitress serving a plate of food with the Hilton's dialogue bubble. Don't touch that. It's hot. Which had registered trademark. Oh, wow. Oh. Wow. I'm just saying, like, who designed that card? I mean, clearly. Uh, It was a room full of people who were trying to, like, what's the the largest amount of marketing we can fit in this in one bit? With the least amount of effort. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so... Licensers, man, you know all the stuff that's that uh, is licensed to Hallmark for use and stuff. It's a lot. Yep, 20th Century Fox, Beatrix Potter, uh, Dr. Seuss, Family Guy, the Ice Age film series, Hasbro, MGM, Peanuts, uh, Sanrio, Tim Burton himself, I guess, the Hershey Company, The Simpsons, uh, and of course, among all these is Star Wars. Nicely done. What? Yeah. Yeah. Man. I forgot that they were related. Well, you might. You're getting close. Uh huh. But, man, I found a nugget that I think is going to get me back in this race. We're at primate. A primate is a mammal of the order primates, Mm -hmm. which means prime first rank. (laughs) Prime mate. Remember how we were just on like apes? Now we're now the, they're monkeys too. The, Throw the, the monkeys prim- and the humans in there, and you you got you've got the primates. Add some monkeys. <laughs> add some humans. You got yourself some primates. Got yourself a party. Yeah. There's also this pic- this picture that says uh, chimpanzees are social animal- animals, and they're all looking at like this piece of. Maybe bread or apple. Like they're like, what the hell is this, Frank? Are you gonna eat this? Like this looks like if this is what social is. I, I guess that's kind of true. I'm a social animal, and all I do is like eat with people. Um, oh my gosh! So there's a lot we could talk about primates. I, we are in like huge pages today. I feel like, but getting lost. There's a special one. Wait, under hold the on section. a second. But hold on, before we go to that, yes. there's a. Did you see the social huddle of ring-tailed lemurs? No, because this is absolutely there. It's I, I'm unless I'm doing the this wrong. It's following the golden ratio because this looks like um, this looks like all of those paintings of uh, of the Greek philosophers and their and their students. Like there's just a bunch of lemurs, oh just yeah, a little a little cuddle, <laughs> and, and then there's one who's trying to tell us about the shadows in the cave. Yep. He oh looks like gosh. he's kind of got his arms up. He's like, yeah. Yeah. Gesturing to a, bla- <laughs> to a blackboard, maybe. Yeah. So, no, <laughs> that, it's, it's a whiteboard, screen. obviously. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, mm. sorry. Sorry. I did not mean to interrupt. What did you no, have? No, it's fine. That was important. Legal and social status. Only humans are recognized as persons and protected in the oh, by laws no. by the United Nations U- U- Universal Declaration of Human Rights. But I don't really want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to skip down a little bit. Primates are used as model organisms in laboratories and have been used in space missions. Space oh, mi- missions is linked, and it takes me to wiki slash monkeys in space. <laughs> <laughs> I am clicking oh, no. on monkeys in space. 
Oh, this nice. is gonna be this is gonna be a real sad page. This is gonna be gonna a be very good. funny sad page. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be good though. Oh no! Good, nice poll, Sky. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm back in the run. No, I'm not running. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> I mean, pretty sure we don't we're know. done here. Yep. <laughs> Millennium Falcon probably isn't on this page. All right. All right, Tim. Let's just just throw ourselves blindly at this enormous page for just. Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars is an American epic space opera media franchise. Uh-huh. Centered on a film series created by Jorge Lucas. Nice. Depicts the adventures of various characters a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Mm-hmm. It's got books. It's got TV series. It's got computer games. It's got theme park attractions and lands. It's got comic books. Gotcha. Total value. The total value of the Star Wars franchise in 2015 was estimated at 42 billion dollars. That's incredible. Making Star Wars the second highest-grossing media franchise of all time. What would be first? I'm looking at it. Oh no! Oh, that makes sense. Sky, what do you think you it is, Sky? <laughs> Pokemon. Yes. It's Pokemon. Of course. Good job. Yeah. Pokemon. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> man's gotta catch him, dude. Oh, no. <laughs> you gotta pay us too. Okay. <laughs> Estimated worth $55.15 billion as of March 2017. That's incredible. That's yeah. incredible. Hey, I mean, you got like. Like, fine. Like, it's kind of funny that um, Star Wars finally releases a Pokemon like animal in its latest movie with those yeah. pogs or porgs or whatever they're called. Let's no, pogs is good. Let's go with that. Pogs. Pogs. And people <laughs> go nuts for it. They lose their crap. And uh I mean people that like sells cute, out. small animals. It's yeah. like you could have been doing this like like the only other things that comes close maybe are Ewoks. Yeah. But those are terrible. But they're exactly they're creepy. Creepy little teddy bear children. So, maybe you guys know this better than I do, but I heard that the reason that they have those, the the little pog things, is because there were, like, there were small birds or ox or something, like, within the, on the set that they couldn't yes, get rid of. And I rather, heard this too. Is, that, is this true? Do we know? I don't, I don't know. know. But it kind of makes the, sense, I guess. I I went looking when we watched the new movie. Like I was looking around to see if there were just a bunch of them in the background that would have been difficult to get rid of. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. um, I was not super convinced, but also I was I was charmed by the idea that there were just a bunch of little birds that were like, "Hey, are you filming something over here? Like, hey, what's going on? Hey, you know, can we do mm-hmm. that? We we can do this too, right? You want we want to be in the shot? Get Bill, get Bill, Bill, get Bill in the shot. He's good." He's a real good actor. All right, watch so. him. Watch watch his like watch the range of his emotions. All right, sorry. Let's see well, here. Is, there's so is much it stuff actually on this page. Yes, it's on here, but there's so much oh. stuff. Do we want to get so... buried in this? No. <laughs> um, in the two-hour Star Wars holiday special produced for CBS in 1978. Chewbacca returns to his home planet of Kashyyyk <laughs> with three three Ys in that? Wow. To celebrate Life Day with his family. Oh, Along no. with the stars of the original 1977 film, celebrities B. Arthur, Art Carney, Diane Carroll, and Jefferson Starship appear in plot-related <laughs> skits and musical numbers. Lucas loathed the special and forbade it to ever be aired again after its original broadcast or reproduced on home video. I completely forgot that B. Arthur was in that. That's yep. amazing. An 11-minute animated sequence in the holiday special featuring the first appearance of bounty hunter Boba Fett is considered to be the sole silver lining of the production. That's oh. debatable. There's plenty of silver <laughs> linings in that production. There's so many silver linings. What mm-hmm. are they talking about? Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucas <laughs> even included it as a special feature on a 2011 Blu-ray release making it the only part of the holiday special to ever receive an official home media release. Wow. Oh, surprised they even did that. The first Star Wars animation ever produced. <laughs> and the last. And no, <laughs> no, they they've I done know. other. Oh, no. I'm kidding. I'm joking. Yeah. Okay. I had forgotten. There are dozens. 
<laughs> There's so many. Com- completely forgot. No, okay. I uh, uh, I was really hoping that that was the section of the page where they introduced, where they talked about the Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. Like you had to go all the way down to the section of the Star Wars holiday special to get to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would have been amazing. Um, but under the plot of A New Hope, uh-huh. they view, you know, Leah's mess, Leah, oh no. Princess nice. Leia's message, yo, help Obi-Wan, you're on the hope. Uh, after they see that, Luke and Ben, they hire the smuggler Han Solo and his Wookiee co-pilot Chewbacca to aboard their space freighter, the Millennium Falcon, help them deliver the stolen blueprints. Blueprints. Oh, I'm clicking on Millennium Falcon. Oh, and ending this. So many <laughs> orphans died to get these blueprints. <laughs> Wait, these aren't blueprints. These are blueprints. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is how to make fancy coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is probably because no one seems to have coffee in space. So that's probably still very valuable. No, they I like mean... drink some like cubes or something. <laughs> Caffeine cubes. Yeah, his uh, face is what, ridiculous. Is this the dark roast cube or the you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. the bent. Get a pour a pour over cube. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, Sky. Do you want to talk about? I want to preface this by saying this will involve monkeys <laughs> dying in space. <laughs> so if you don't want to listen to that, like you could probably cut it here. Yeah, or like skip ahead a bit. Because there are sad things. Of course. Before humans went to space, several other animals were launched into space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> including numerous other primates. I like how that's, it's, it's very, um, how was the, what's the, it's very indirect, indirectly mm-hmm. written. It's not, we launched other animals into space. It's just several other animals were launched into space. Like it was an accident. Like it just like... happened. It's a, it's a fact, including yeah. numerous sir, other primates. Sir. The animals, they've all been launched. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so that it's, but it's so that scientists can investigate the biological effects of space travel. Right. The United States launched flights containing primate messengers primarily, I see what you did there, between 1948 mm-hmm. and 1961, with one flight in 1969 and one in 1985. Wow. French launched two monkey carrying flights in 1867. Soviet Union 19, and Russia. 1967, not 1867. Oops, that's, 1967. That's an alternate history? <laughs> yes. France was very advanced for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> or like they just got real lucky. Uh, the Soviet <laughs> Union and Russia launched monkeys between 1983 and 1996. Wow. Most primates were, uh, were anesthetized. How do you pronounce sure. that when it's like that? I think it's anesthetized. Anesthetized before liftoff. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm going with. You can do what you want. Anesthetized. I don't know words. Overall, fine. 32 monkeys flew in the space program. None flew more than once. Oof. Oh, my gosh. Why would you say that? Why would Ooh. Wikipedia? Why would you say that? Numerous backup monkeys also went no. through the programs but never flew. Monkeys and apes from several species were used. All right, so the first primate astronaut was Albert, a rhesus monkey, Mm -hmm. who on July 11th, 1948, rode to over 63 kilometers on a V2 rocket, but died from suffocation. Oh, my gosh. Albert was followed by Albert II, who survived the V2 flight, but died on impact after a parachute Ah! failure. Albert II became the first monkey and first primate in space as his flight reached 134 kilometers past... Which is past the the Carmen line, I think that's how you pronounce that. I don't know. Sure. Of a uh, hundred kilometers, which is like the beginning of space. Oh my gosh! Albert three. They don't even introduce him. They're just Albert three died <laughs> at, at thirty five thousand feet in an explosion. Mm. Uh, Albert four. <laughs> he died on impact at, on December eighth that year after another parachute failure. Well, we learned a thing. Thank we you. Learned that Albert. we're not good at parachutes. Yeah. Um, there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of Alberts, there's a lot of monkeys, there's How Gordo, also called Old Reliable, he was a squirrel monkey, he survived being launched aboard Jupiter AM-13, he was killed due to mechanical failure, uh, Great. of the parachute recovery system, 
Yep. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I like that they call him old reliable though. That's very good. Yes. There's also a picture here of Abel. And it says Abel is on display at the National Air and Science Museum, and I do not know if it's taxidermied. I guess I'd imagine it would be. I mean, that they have a picture seem of great. it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Abel. Yeah, Abel was preserved and is now on display at the Smithsonian Institution's National Air and Space Museum. I don't know about that. I think we should probably mm. lay that monkey to rest. Yeah, <laughs> he's already served his country. Yeah, and then he- we put him up on display so we can go watch, like, look at his face. Like, that's not Oof. cool. Oof. <laughs> on america <laughs> treat these monkeys with respect please uh i yeah that's it that's all i got i don't even think i'm gonna really click on anything i don't know where i'd go i guess just like space I, yeah i mean you've got several space things here that right. would have been good yep um oh well i mean there's uh White. see also there's Laika, the space dog right the russian space dog oh yeah ham uh, the chimpanzee is- yeah no reason to what, click. No, oh, I, I know, I know, but I'm he's just, just naming also. things that he likes. Oh, okay. There's also there's the Captain Simeon and the Space Monkeys, a 1996 television series. Yeah. Space on the Hallmark Chimps, Channel. I remember probably, Space Chimps. Yeah. yeah, Space Chimps, a 2008 film. Did wait? Did you see it? And then it says one small step: the story of the Space Chimps. Oh, which no. I don't think is about the 2008 film. No. <laughs> a documentary about the making of Space Chips. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. It, the same year it comes out. Oh, I mean, man. just knew it would be such a hit. Oh, how, yeah, how, how gutsy is that? You're like, no, no, this is going to be a good, this is going to be a good movie, you guys. Oh, oh man. man. All right. Do we actually want to talk about the Millennium Falcon? It's a ship. It's a ship. It doesn't really exist. Is it the? No. Is it like the most iconic, like fake ship we have? I mean, there's the Enterprise. Yeah, Ooh. I wonder what. Like those would be my two. Like, are the which one would most people re- recognize? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's see if they have anything cultural influence. Mm-hmm. Wait, mm-hmm. Yeah. first appearance, Star Wars from the Adventures of Luke Skywalker, a novel. Was was Star Wars a novel before? No. That's not right, right? I don't. I'm. I don't know. I. I mean, the internet can probably tell us. Oh my gosh! Am I really going to Google what Star Wars a novel? <laughs> a novel first. Please do it, Sky. I um, dare you. <laughs> the effects models for Star Wars match the design of the exterior set. The primary model was five feet long and detailed with various kit parts. The ship was represented by a matte painting when Princess Leia. Why did I say that again? Princess Leia (laughs) sees it for the first time, showing the full upper surface. The 1997 special edition, a digital model, replaces the effects model in several shots. Okay, I have an answer. Mm. So, what is Star Wars based on a book? No. When the book was released, with George Lucas's name, but ghostwritten by Alan Dean Foster, the film was already in production. So... The film script was first, but the first thing that came out to the public was oh this Oh my gosh. Book. They did the novelization before the movie came out. Right. Yeah. Amazing. Yep. That That is something that nerds would absolutely love, too. Right. And that's why it says first appearance here. I'm sure they, like, you know, they had to make sure that it was the novel, because it, it, they probably argued about that yeah. for a while. There's probably some some uh, vandalism on that page. Oh, you want me? Um, yeah, I'll take a look. Oh, yeah, please. Uh, while you mention that, I'm going to mention here that uh, to, to kind of lend credence to your question as to whether or not it's the most popular, uh, you know, fake ship that we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lego has released multiple versions of Millennium Falcon in varying sizes. The 5,195-piece Lego model... Uh, was physically the largest Lego set sold by the company until it was topped in 2008 by the Lego Taj Mahal. If you're going to get beaten by something, I mean, get by, the, Taj by the Taj Mahal, Mahal. Yeah. that's okay, yeah. Yeah, that's real good. Um, in September 2017, Lego have released the newly updated Millennium Falcon under the Star Wars, quote, Ultimate Collector Series, end quote, 
with the new interior interior and more ex- more details compared to the 2007 model this model consists of 7541 pieces and has become the single largest lego set ever sold and with an $800 price tag it's the single most expensive lego set the company has ever sold so wow i mean <laughs> it can at least cause that to happen so um Joss Whedon credits the Millennium Falcon as one of the two primary inspirations for his Firefly television show. Uh, Falcon and the Falcon's distinct shape appear in Star Trek First Contact, Blade Runner, Spaceballs, and Starship Troopers. Mm. Uh, the adult animation sketch comedy series Robot Chicken aired a sketch entitled The Emperor's Phone Call, in which Palpatine receives the news of the destruction of the Death Star with in- incredul- incredul- incredulity? Incredulity. Sure. Oh, it's a long night. It's okay, Tim. At one point, angrily asking, at one point, angrily asking, what the hell is an aluminum falcon? Wow. Amazing. (laughs) Uh, That's a good, that's a good joke. In 2010, Adidas released a pair of Stan Smith trainers inspired by the Millennium Falcon. As part of the Adidas original Star Wars campaign. Amazing. Yep. All right. (sighs) That's the uh, aluminum falcon. Let's get out of here. <laughs> oh, oh, that was the other thing that I was going to ask you about um, because d- you guys have both seen the new film, right? I've yeah. not. Oh. You um, want me to mute? No, no, no. This is not going to be. Yes. This, there's nothing spoilery about yes, this. Mute, mute yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, t- well, Kyle and I <laughs> talk about it. Yeah. Yes, mute yourself, please. Uh, <laughs> we don't need nobody chiming in who doesn't know what they're talking about. <laughs> no, okay. And, and Tim, if you do ever see it, maybe you can you can note this too. Um, is it just me, or does is it are people incapable of saying anything other than punch it to say go? Like punch it, Chewy. Like, punch like it's let's very yeah. good. It, but it. Like I think it happens three or four distinct times in the new movie. Multiple other people say punch it. Well, maybe that is just like go fast in, in this alternate universe. Oh my gosh. It I, I just I it, it, I had to like I had to like sit for a second like could that be a thing that became like a good luck thing? Like, oh, we hear that this Han Solo guy, he yells at his at his dog friend to to say to go fast, he says punch it and that was good luck for them so this is this is good luck so we'll always say by tradition punch it as well because we want to be as cool as this guy and his dog friend like uh i i I, okay anyway it was just the thing i noted i was like that's not a thing that just that 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 got Mm -hmm. to become like a tradition in the star wars universe right right i don't know Mm -hmm. punch it anyway i only found a couple good vandalisms the first one oh. is when they talk it says the millennium falcon is a spacecraft in the star wars universe commanded by smuggler han solo played by justin timberlake did you just, <laughs> did you just say smuggler smuggler <laughs> uh, we're having a great night oh the, my gosh the interior set included the starboard ring corridor the boarding ramp cockpit access tunnel gun turret mm-hmm. ladder secret compartments and the forward hold someone changed that to the interior set included the starboard ring corridor the boarding ramp cockpit access tunnel full service minibar six person hot tub <laughs> secret compartments and the forward and the forward hold nice i guess there's a i guess there's a forward hold in there though because like harrison's got to sit somewhere Get why it? would you change that that's great mm. That's the that's that's part of the extended universe, Sky. That's what it is. Oh my, that's that's wonderful. Thank you for looking at that. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's let's wrap this up. Uh, thank you guys for coming on this this journey across, I guess, bird shaped things. <laughs> uh, from no the Potu problem. to the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, actually, yeah, it's bird-shaped things that are not, or bird-named things that are not bird-shaped, uh, as the Potu kind of looks like a stump. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, so that's 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 the theme tonight. That's what I'm going to go with. I, I'm going to pretend that that's what I had in mind the whole time, um, and no one can ever say differently. 
If you want to hear more of us trying to figure these things out on uh, on the fly, uh, you can check us out on our webpage at wskbcast.blogspot.com. You can look us up on Facebook uh, just by searching for We Should Know Better. You can find us on Twitter where we tweet about weird things like Guy Fieri. Uh, <laughs> Stephen mm-hmm. made a face. Uh, it was just, it was such a good episode, you guys. That was such, was that brand. last episode. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. This one is too. But fond of memories. I mean, we're really good at at when we're learning about silly birds. It's really that's like peak us. It's it's birds, it's birds and food network people is what I'm what I'm finding out. Yep. Um you can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher. (laughs) That's what that's what trends with our demographics, by the way. (laughs) Birds and Food Network, yeah. Yep. That's uh that's the high marks of our marketing campaign. Uh, <laughs> that's what they found out. So every tweet from now on is just going to be Guy Fieri with a falcon is what that's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, that would probably work pretty well on Twitter. People would like that a lot. Um, anyway, <clears throat> yeah, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, and wherever else you find uh, cool podcasts. If you go to any of those places, please remember to uh, rate us and give us a review. That would be really cool of you. Uh, it'd be even more cool if it was a high review, but hey, you know, just just anything would be nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't forget to share us with your friends because uh, we have a good time doing this and, and we hope that you guys, uh, you enjoy listening to it as well. So uh, I'm going to uh, to uh, wrap this up and uh, go probably look at some more cool birds like the Potu because there's just so many out there. Um. But I guess if there's only one thing left to say for this episode, it's just punch it. Punch it. Yeah! Wow! Uh, Good night, everybody. Good night. Bye. Guys, I just tried to type Millennium Falcon into <laughs> into into Wikipedia, and this is what I wrote. <laughs> well, <laughs> Millennium Falcom. Millennium Falcom. Welcome to Millennium Falcom. I was trying to do it uh, while I was your talking. Space, your space lawyers. <laughs> we're the best space lawyers around. Yep. <laughs> Millennium Falcom for all of your injury needs. Oh my gosh.